Seven Sisters invites you to take advantage of the other great podcasts at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Have you listened to Family Renewal yet? Join Israel Wayne every month as he discusses life, theology, Christian apologetics, education, family, and cultural issues from a biblical worldview. Israel is an author and conference speaker who often speaks at homeschooling conferences and at churches as well as marriage and parenting seminars. The information he teaches around the nation will be available to listeners like you. Each broadcast is about a half an hour and features interviews and thoughtful commentary from Israel and his guests. episode of the Homeschool High School podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and Kim, and also Quella the Seeing Eye Puppy, because she is now a part of our podcasting team. Mm-hmm. And we are happy to have you here to talk about all things Homeschool High School. Yay. We love having Seventh Sisters because there's only six of us. That's right. Mm-hmm. There's Vicki and Kim and Sabrina and Marilyn and Sarah and Allison and you. So we welcome. Have, we have lots of Seventh Sisters and you make us very happy. So thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. You bet. In fact, some of you leave little notes for us on iTunes and we really mm-hmm. appreciate that because... Anyone who listens to the podcast can um, go to iTunes and leave a review and leave some stars, and it helps other homeschooling families find our podcast when the iTunes search engine is giving them results. So we recently had some very lovely words left by someone. Vicki, do you have that? Yeah, so one of our seventh sisters, Rachel, left this little review, and it says, The seven sisters are great to listen to. They have a wealth of experience to share about homeschooling and parenting, and they do it with an honest and real approach. I would say probably real. Real. (laughs) Keeping it real here, folks. (laughs) They have advice about all things related to homeschooling, and they totally crack me up sometimes. So glad we cracked you up too, Rachel. funny. I really enjoy learning from the seven sisters and come away with new ideas, laughter, and encouragement. Oh, thank you, Rachel. That just like awesome. totally warms my heart. That yeah. just makes me like want to pour Rachel a cup of coffee or tea or oh, hot yeah. cocoa yeah. or whatever your beverage of choice is and, you know, yeah. just hang out because that's what we're doing this for. So mm-hmm. if any of our other seven sisters would like to go hop over to iTunes and leave a review and some stars, it does help us be more visible it to does. other homeschool parents. The same is true of the Seven Sisters um, Homeschool Facebook page. Yes. There's a little place where you can leave reviews there, too. So if you're so inclined. Yeah. And it helps us know what about what we're doing is resonating with you because that's why we're doing it. I mean, yeah, Yeah. we have fun getting together and laughing and having coffee. but We have a lot of fun getting together and laughing and having coffee. (laughs) I think it's our geeky version of parties, really. We think so. But we want to do it. Continue to do it in ways that really work for you, too. Yeah, so your feedback is really important to us. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to talk about people getting together and laughing and having coffee or other beverages or whatever, mm-hmm. but not so much us, our teens. Yeah, we're going to talk about some um, some things that arise in particularly in group settings with teenagers that provide opportunities for us to build character mm-hmm. and maybe some of the ways that we're not building character when we could be because we're not thinking it through. Mm-hmm. So what are we calling this one, ladies? 
I was actually wondering that as we were starting, like, hmm, what are we going to call this? Um, Vicky had a good thing. Commun- well, a healthy communication. Healthy communication. So, like, there that's you go. the boring version. But, there you yeah. go. But really, what, what we want is for teens to buy in on their own healthy thinking and behavior and communication. For them to want to be the kind of people God made them to be. And we can work in that direction in a healthy way as parents, or we can work in it in a controlling mm. or bitter or mm. trying to take God's place way. Mm. And that actually, we end up pushing teens away. So yeah. we could also call it like a nag prevention workshop. There You're awesome. <laughs> nag prevention. I dig it. Because nagging is just not good for anyone's soul, especially <laughs> the person who is the nagger, honestly. Yeah. It's like right yeah. up there with the forgiveness and the forgiving. You know, if mm. forgiving helps the other person, but it always helps the one who carries the grudge way more. Yeah. I think the same thing is true with the nagging or the... Um, controlling kind of thing. I'm I'm impressed that this made my day. That's really good. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, let's real honest, right? That was what our our seventh sister, Rachel, mentioned. So in in the interest of being real and honest, um, I have nagged my children a lot over the years, and I have wanted to control my children. I still want to control my adult children from time to time. (laughs) I mean, it is just the nature of human... Sin well, is that we, we want to run the show and we want mm. it to work the way we think it should work. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. But we just want what's best for them. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if they would do things our way and God would do things our way, yes. the world would be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> just ask us. <laughs> oh, wow. So I don't think that the three of us are alone in this mm. struggle. I think no. it's a pretty common mom thing that we have these little people. And we really do want what's best for them, and we want good things for them, and we're not in control of the universe. It, it's it's a learning curve for us all. I, I remember many years ago, our seventh sister Marilyn looking at me and saying, "You're not God." <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn has a gift for cutting right to the heart of yes, things. <laughs> I was just trying to make things right for everybody. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just do it my way. <laughs> so when they're little and um, we're teaching them the rules mm-hmm. for living in community in our household or for being a part of, you know, Sunday school and in that community. And we do a lot of teaching and um, we do a lot of explaining. And quite honestly, there is a sort of a, a pendulum movement in parenting. People who are raising toddlers now, I hear a lot of explaining. Mm-hmm. Um perhaps more than even makes sense to me sometimes because I don't know how much a three-year-old can fully enter into the purpose. Mm -hmm. That's a whole level of thinking, you know. So I think it's good to explain, but then we reach a point where we just have to take hold of their hand and say, do not pull the mini blinds in the restaurant again. And that's okay, you know. Yeah, well, because toddlers are not metacognitive. Ooh, we yes, love that word. That's a big yeah. word. Yeah. Vicky, will you explain to us what metacognitive means? That's why we teach our kids human development. <laughs> Metacognition is the neural developments, the brain developing. And by adolescence at some point, every kid's different, They, their brain cells are developed enough that they can perspective take and critical think and do reasoning behaviors and think about what they're thinking. Mm. And that takes some brain development. Mm. Little toddlers have no neural development like that. They're not metacognitive at all. And so any explaining the reason behind needs to be 
10 words or less in once, and mostly they just need to know what to do and not to do mm. in a kind way, not nag. Mm. So then they're 13, and they're not toddlers, and we're frustrated because behavior is a problem, especially in a group setting where bad behaviors tend to exponentially, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk to them like they're toddlers. Mm-hmm. So, so ordering them that. around, like we, you know, probably mm -hmm. learn to do with our toddlers is you say it short, you say it quick, and you mm -hmm. say it like you mean it. You're not yelling, you're not nagging, but you're clear. And so teenagers, if you walk up to one and say, they like, what is your problem? And mm -hmm. it feels disrespectful to them. And let's just be really clear right from the starting gate. We are not in any way speaking against setting good boundaries, Ooh, no. maintaining authority. Um, I do not see a 13-year-old as a peer of the parent, okay? I'm Absolutely. not talking about that, but we're just saying that there's a whole level of character building that is available mm -hmm. to us in those teen years because they now can think from somebody else's mm -hmm. perspective. They can now think about what they were thinking that led them to that behavior. And if we're pretty sure that teens have a common purpose, and maybe that purpose is in common with the adults who are running the event too, you know, mm. if we can help draw their attention to that purpose, they may want to correct their own behavior because mm. they want to mm -hmm. achieve the purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so in dealing with an adolescent, it helps a whole lot ahead of time for them to understand the why. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the purpose of me being involved in this activity? What's the purpose of my own personal growth? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the why is the, the mission statements for things. Mm -hmm. And I even find as the adult, it's helpful for me to know their why. So, for right. example, when I'm teaching one of my Spanish classes, there are kids in there who want to be a Spanish teacher, maybe sometime, which is really fun. There are kids who want to, like, work in the United Nations or they want to be a... Uh, international tour guide at Disney or whatever. And I know that those students are really invested in it for its own sake and where it's going. There, And I am very um, honest and clear with my kids and non-judgmental with my kids. And I tell them when we go around the room or when I have them write it for homework and to say, because my mom or Mrs. Tillman or oh, Mrs. Yeah. Group is making me take this class because it's a requirement to graduate, is a valid reason. It's a valid why. Sometimes right. our whys are really deep and big and personal, and sometimes they're because mom's making me or whatever, but that why still needs to translate to something good. And right. it can, yeah. Yeah, so they're good when they're having to take Spanish, not because they are at all interested, but they have to have two credits to graduate, yep. is I need my transcript. Yeah. And so the character development in that is... I can do things I don't like and don't want to do in order to get a goal achieved that I need. Yep. Right. That like I have to do taxes every oh, year. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why think it's boring? That? You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> and it's hard. But, but the reward is really worth it. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, and back to your Spanish class. How important is it too for the kid who loves Spanish and wants to be an international tour guide at Disney to understand that? three of the kids sitting in the room with them are there because they have to be there and they're not at all invested in it because they're going to be a whole lot less irritated by the fact that those other three are not 
like jumping up and volunteering and oh uh-huh. yeah let's do this and oh it, yeah you know um and then how let you, people be who they are yeah you know? so they can learn to create a team mm-hmm. and inspire their peers mm-hmm. and not be off put by it so if they have a why that is part of my why i love spanish i want to help my peers learn to love spanish too oh yeah so they can invest in their own culture absolutely yeah. And like, if I know that my why is really important in one area, but my why in another area is is somebody really somebody else's why or the means to an end that I'm not really thrilled about the means, but I understand like, so here's the body of Christ, and so it can translate to something as practical as a study group or whatever. So I can study Spanish with, you know, my, my seat neighbor here who doesn't care for Spanish, but I'm really struggling in stats and they're really good at statistics. So we can help each other learn. Um, just getting a handle on all that, like even if you're not all that excited about it, if your why is not very deep or passionate, that there's there's a benefit to, to that and that there are places where your why is deep and passionate and strong. Mm-hmm. So part of a parent communicating well to a teen who is frustrated by peers who aren't interested is to help them develop a mission of being generous and contagious. Mm-hmm. And for a parent of a teen who doesn't like Spanish is how to do hard things with a Christ-like attitude. And it's better to do that by helping them find that within themselves rather than lecture it on. Although sometimes you just say, just suck it up and go to class. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Because the point of all of this is certainly the here and now. You know, days can be very long for, for us and our children when things are tense, when there's stress, when there's strife. Um, but also, we're going to blink and those teenagers are going to be young adults and they're not going to be living with us anymore. They're going to be maybe off at college or at a job or off in the military or married and off. This this is this is our window, folks. Mm-hmm. So it's not just this is not our window just to control them and get them to behave exactly the way we want them to, but to help them figure out how to manage their own behavior so they're not one of those people who go off after being at home for a long time and they go off somewhere and they just completely like go bananas. They don't have any sense of how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. They can't self-regulate because they haven't learned to have their own vision and have their own structure. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky because we have free will, Mm -hmm. every single one of us. And that, that's, that's the thing God put in the equation and we don't get to take that away from our kids. Mm -mm. So they are going to make choices. And certainly when they cross that line from, teen to independent young adults, there are choices that they're going to make and they may choose to reject wise that they learned. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, I mean, real and honest. I, I have personal experience as a parent with a kid who understands a whole lot of whys and who chose as an adult to reject those. And it is sad and difficult and also entirely that person's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ends up being between them and God. So really what we're doing with our teens is we're equipping them for mm-hmm. it to be between them and God mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. Because that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, if we can help them learn the skills they need to examine their why, to think through their thinking and the thinking of those around them, to look at the purpose, and to evaluate their behavior in a situation, 
then that toolbox is theirs and they mm. take it with them into adulthood and they may or may not use those tools well. And that's where we as parents have to recognize God's ultimate love and sovereignty mm. over our kids' lives. Because mm. we're not in charge of yeah. the outcome. That's right. right. And that's, you know, our wanting the best for our kids it is so easy to think that we are in charge of that outcome. Like if somehow our kids aren't in Harvard with a full ride scholarship and teaching Sunday school every week and a leader in their community scouting group and saving orphans on every other (laughs) Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they have existential crises or they make a a mistake choice, you know, somehow we have done a bad job parenting and that's, yeah, we, yeah, it's a lot of let go and let God, Mm. but there are some things we can do Mm -hmm. is we can equip them to those tools in mm -hmm. the toolbox. Yeah. 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 And not only are we not in charge of the outcome, and we probably all know that there's more than one way to parent. Um, and that's a lot of what Seven Sisters is about. There's not one right way to homeschool. There's not one right way to parent. There's also, and here, you know, the big buzzword, there's also not one right way to adult oh, yeah. or to teen. And I personally, I've kind of felt like God and I have had so many conversations over the teenage and, and young adult years. And honestly, I think I'm a slow learner, but I think I'm finally starting to get some of it. I'll when I feel like I'm confused about something or whatever with my my own children, I'll like look up and I'll be like, oh, okay. How many times have I done this to you, God? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, hmm, you know, it's, that's very metacognitive of you. It is very <laughs> metacognitive of me. Like as we pointed out, perhaps I was a slow developer. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, there there are there are just times that we really have to realize that there are these growing pains that go with it sometimes. So practically, if if we're taking kids to an event, you know, so they're part Mm -hmm. of some kind of organization, so a youth group or homeschool classes or choirs, or sometimes what you've been seeing is parents who bark orders Mm -hmm. or are very critical. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we know just by being around the kids, because we've all been around them a long time, that situations like that very often are are pushing the teens away from their parents. So if they, those parents and us mm-hmm. can spend time with kids saying, why are we homeschooling? Just sit down and have discussions about that and make sure that you guys are going in a similar situation. Why are we going to youth group? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what's the why of that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, why are we doing the hard things? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we doing, you know, like at the homeschool and brown school, why do you have the lunch period and why should you clean up after yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. the, just to sit down and have real life conversations because right. really teens, besides being metacognitive or going into that process, are very egocentric. Oh, yes. Not that they um, are selfish, per se, but they just don't think outside of themselves mm-hmm. unless you help them mm-hmm. metacognitive oh, wow. process that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so then when why. behavior is a problem, what are some practical strategies for addressing bad behavior? I mean, if you've talked about it ahead of time, mm-hmm. the first thing is to remind them. Mm-hmm. That you talked you know, about it. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Why are we why are we here? Because we talked about this. Yeah. So is that helping? Yeah. You know. Right. Um, 
And some of it too is is the one on one versus the I'm going to bark at the whole room mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can often say something to someone who is clearly the ringleader in a behavior that is about to spread. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, and and you can bring it down mm-hmm. in a much less barky manner. Mm-hmm. That, that word bark is I think it's because Quella's here and she's <laughs> she's a puppy. So. Um, yeah, but what are what are then ways that we can protect good boundaries for behavior at an event when? people are being disruptive. So when it's your own kid, of course, you've got a lot of leverage on, you know, when your behaviors cross the line, and you already knew this, you know, Mm -hmm. then you lost your cell phone for X amount of time, or, you know, each Mm -hmm. kid has something that is an appropriate consequence. consequence. So one, one of my kids was was just absolutely fascinated with the internet in the early days and you know learning you know losing time on on the computer was and one of them nothing really mattered unless you just said well you get to go clean the toilets mm. and uh it, you know so you find something that you don't argue about you know it's clear ahead of time a rule infraction means this kind of Mm-hmm. Consequence mm-hmm. is we all have to learn behaviors and consequences, and teenagers are still at that. Mm-hmm. So they'll they make progress and then they forget because mm-hmm. they kind of like us grownups. Yeah, you know? there's yeah. something human about Who's all of that, isn't there? I'll say, mm-hmm. I'll say. And sometimes we're fortunate enough, whether it's within the family or in a group setting or whatever. Sometimes you don't even have to be the one to be the heavy. Sometimes you can encourage or even just let. The group will sometimes remind individuals of behavior and boundaries and things like that. Yeah, teens who are very comfortable with each other Mm -hmm. will do their own. Yeah, Yeah. and we've seen that lots of times. We really Mm -hmm. have. Another thing to remember is that parents lose their power when they raise their voice. Mm -hmm. So anything a parent says in a loud voice there will be no learning that occurs because all the teen remembers or the child or anybody else involved, all they remember is the loud voice, not the information it was carrying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, and another thing that's a, a toddler thing, but translates, I think, so well um, to the teen years is we spend so much time telling kids what not to do. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when we say, okay, now don't go across the street. What do you hear? Your brain is just getting started when you hear the don't. So the last words you hear are, go across the street. So instead of saying that, say, you need to stay on this side of the street. And what does your brain picture? Your brain pictures you on this side of the street. So it's, you know, it's not a magic thing, but it's a neat little thing that I have in my toolbox that sometimes that works. That is so groovy. That's brilliant. That I'm reminds just... me of when I was in Bible school a long time ago, one of the professors said, you can't go in a corner and not think about strawberries. Yes. Right. That, that if there's a not, if there's a don't, mm-hmm. it's like the law in the Old yeah. Testament. There's yes. something that makes it want to happen. So if you have a positive yeah. objective, it's so much more mm-hmm. effective. That's yeah. really, that's yeah. excellent. Yeah, sometimes it can be challenging to do that flip. And and the other, that kind of reminds me that sometimes it's, it's hard as a parent because the, in those teenage years, I find that sometimes... I'm looking at my child, and because of where they are developmentally, sometimes they are acting like they're three. Mm. And other times they're acting like they're 23. And I think they don't always know kind of where they're coming out on that spectrum and where they are. And I certainly don't know. We've often Mm. joked, like, if there was just a little meter on their forehead, 
so that I would know like, okay, they're in three-year-old mode now, so it's appropriate for me to talk in three-year-old mode. <laughs> or like, wow, they're in a 23-year-old space. I can really talk to them. Yeah. Um, you know. So that requires us parents to be our child aware. We need to be metacognitive about what our teens are thinking at more than it be about our own embarrassment or frustration. Mm. And sometimes it requires going to the bathroom and splashing cold water on your face. Yes. Before you deal with oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, like, recognizing your own stress level. And speaking of being real, I'm going to be really real here. For years, I had a really rough time with my temper. And some of my friends now kind of look at me and have a hard time believing that. <laughs> um, you know, and of course, sometimes your family sees your your worst you because you're the just like our kids know that they can be the worst with us because they know that we love them unconditionally and we're safe and all that sometimes our kids see the worst us um and i just had a really rough time with my temper and my kids will tell you about the time i broke the door on our microwave because i was so angry i slammed it so hard i cracked the door on the microwave and god just did something in my spirit that just went like like, wow, first I looked at the looks on my kids' faces, and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this to me. I can't do this to them. Um, but also, and, and it wasn't even like I was aware enough at that point that I went through this big prayer epiphany or anything like that. I think God just knew that I had gotten to the point where I was starting to be teachable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so just like that, we can see things in our kids where, it might just be a process and we have to sort of look for those moments where they are teachable, where they do get it, where they do understand and and kind of roll with that. And if we are speaking to them just out of our own stress, like Mickey said, when they're when you're loud, um, you, you got to check your yeah. stress. And sometimes the best thing to do is just um, and you, you by modeling that you're also teaching your team that so they have that in their toolbox mm. is to is step away if you need to, to step or away to, yeah mm-hmm. and to not step away in anger and stamp mm-hmm. away but to say wow I'm really kind of stuck right now I don't know what I should be you know I just need a break or we're stuck you know we're we're butting heads we're stuck I'm gonna walk away from you because I think that's what we just need a little space. Let's let's both agree to go take a walk yeah. and come back in 10 minutes or a half yeah. an hour. You know, what a what a great tool for someone in a future relationships, you know. Yeah, so what that. teens learn by that is that difficult communication isn't about emotionally vomiting on each other. It's about managing themselves and communicating what it is they need. Mm. So one of the things we tried to teach our kids like in psych class or the leadership Mm -hmm. classes that we've done is the plus minus plus. When a teenager needs something or we need to say some difficult things to them, Mm. you start with a positive. You say what's wrong and what needs to be done as close to 10 words as possible and you end with a positive. And a lot of times that de-escalates mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yeah and pointing out using eye language you know we we want our kids to do this but we can model that for them too you know when when you um you know I, when i feel yeah when yeah. you leave your trash all over the table i feel really disrespected mm-hmm. because i have to clean it up and I have other things that I want to do for me and for our family and for... Instead of you are being such a selfish slob when you do that. Mm-hmm. That's yes. immediately yeah. Yeah, undermining yep. what you're trying to do. Yeah, so one yeah. pushes away mm-hmm. and one invites, invites them to heal the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And of course, these are all magic ones, and they all work oh, perfectly absolutely. well the first time, every time. Every yeah. time. Every time. Indeed. Poof. Yes. Yeah. So to order your magic wand, accepttheSisters.com. <laughs> Uh, and that's probably a good place to wrap things up because we're this is a topic we could uh, we could go, go on, on for on. many episodes about. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard, and we're just going to validate you if you are finding healthy communication with your teen to ever be a bit difficult. It's okay. You are not alone. There's it's hard. not been one of us who didn't go to bed at the end of the day and felt guilty about oh, yeah. the communication of yep. the day. Yep. 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 And if I can if I can drop one thing in here that I learned years ago at a two to one conference that Angie Smith said that was just so profound, um, and it seems to apply really well to this, is our job is not to be God to our children, our God our job is to need God in front of our children. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that is awesome. I just find that so powerful. So thank you, Angie Smith, if you ever listen to our podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, so be encouraged because um, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is not a magic wand, but it is utterly worth it. And um, so, yeah, hang in there. Yeah. And thank you for joining us. And we look forward to spending more time with our seven sisters on future episodes of the Homeschool, Homeschool High School, School Podcast. Podcast. From sevensistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. See you next time. Bye, Koala. Seven Sisters encourages you to take advantage of the other wonderful podcasts at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Check out Finish Well Radio with the Finish Well team. You can join them the first Monday of each month as they talk about real issues that teens face each day. We want to grow in Christ together, prepare for life after graduation, and live lives that glorify Jesus. Pastor Mike and Meredith Curtis lead the Finish Well team of couples, singles, and teens. Finish Well team is here to serve and equip you to stand strong for Jesus and change the world around you.